Anybody can Youth Foundation teaches our youth to step off into life with their best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. ABC was founded by legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore in 1957. He had a heart and passion for helping the youth. He believed if we went into the business of prevention, we could save billions of dollars and millions of lives. He started ABC to teach youth the basic ABCs of life. Are you concerned about the world today? Do you want to help train our youth to be the change needed in the world? Join us in the fight for equality, in the fight for justice, in the fight for our youth. If you would like to help, go to www.abcyouthfoundation.org. That's www.abcyouthfoundation.org. Be well and be blessed. Good day, everyone. This is George Farrell. I am the chair of Black Pack, the Black Latin Asian Knowledge Political Action Committee that helps to get blacks elected to Congress all across the country. We're very successful. We expect a very successful year in 2020. Our website is www.blakpac.gop. Again, our website, www.blakpac.gop. And we welcome you to look and review our website uh, and let us know if you have any suggestions, any candidates, any nominees, or any events that you're doing that are related to conservative black candidates, black, Latin, and Asian candidates around the country. So we're the number one in doing this. We're the number one political action committee in getting out to vote. We turned out 1.8 million votes in 2016. This year, we expect to turn out 3.5 million votes, working not only with ourselves, but with a few other political action committees that have popped up, uh, which are now in action. So I thank you for your time, and I thank you for listening. And again, if there's any questions, go to our website. You can leave a question. I will get back to you within 24 hours. I know you got a special project coming up, the Fletcher Project. Yes, Terrence. We have a very special project named after Art Fletcher. Many people don't know Art Fletcher, but Art Fletcher is probably one of the most incredible people you could ever meet. I knew him when I was a very young man. Art Fletcher is the father of affirmative action. If you look him up on Google, you'll see that he's the father of affirmative action. He came up during the Nixon administration. This is 1970 during the Nixon administration with what was called the Philadelphia Plan. Now, the Philadelphia Plan only applied to contractors so that black contractors and employees will have a shot at getting a construction job. It started in Philadelphia, and that's why it was called the Philadelphia Plan. He later went to serve with the Nixon administration all the way through the George Bush one administration, making sure that blacks had great opportunities. And he did a fantastic job. I can tell you from my personal knowledge, I grew up in Washington, D.C. And in 1970, if you were a GS7, you were the top of the line. You were the cat's meow. Uh, Art Fletcher, uh, with his magnificent foresight, um, I mean, there would be no Colin Powell if there was no Art Fletcher. That's how strong his personality was. And all of a sudden, you had black African-Americans as department heads, GS-13s, GS-14s. We actually started moving up the ladder. And Art Fletcher was responsible for so many qualified and overqualified African-Americans getting jobs. Um, that is just an incredible thing. I can give you a little bit more D.C. history if you'd like. For, yeah. one, for one example... Marion Barry, a lot of people don't know this, had a, had a chemistry degree. He graduated with a degree in chemistry and came to Washington to find a job, couldn't find a job, became an activist, and became one of the greatest mayors we've ever had. 
in the United States of America because he also used the government to employ a lot of blacks, department heads. And once Marion Barry started hiring a lot of overqualified blacks, the federal government started opening up around the same time with Art Fletcher. So these two giants really are responsible for the black middle class. So when people tell you that there's a Prince George's County that is the, one of the most affluent black areas in the country, it's because of these two men, these two giants that kicked open the door to the federal government for opportunity for many, many blacks. So that's my history lesson. Okay. Now let's get back to the Art Fletcher Pledge. Right. Well, I, I, I like that topic and I, I wanted you to break down something because you use the term overqualified blacks. But when people hear affirmative action, the first thing they say is, well, that's just making sure that that black people get jobs that they're not qualified for. So can you clear that up for them? Because I think that's a, a misnomer or mis, it, misrepresentation. It is, it is, it is a misnomer, a misrepresentation. Uh, you know, we've had HBCUs for a long time that have produced millions and millions of graduates all over the country. And we would come out and we would end up going to the post office or going to the, um, I mean, I can tell you, I knew black folks in Washington, D.C. who had master's degrees who were working at the post office because that was the only job they could find. So that's why they would say there's always work at the post office. They say it as a joke, but it was true because even if you had a master's or a PhD, you ended up working in uh, very few places. I mean, one of the reasons the civil rights movement uh, with Martin Luther King was headed by the, um, uh, I don't want to say garbage men, but the, the garbage men and the garbage men strike was because that was the only jobs we could get as black men. You know, there was an old movie called Julia. <laughs> with, I think it was Lawrence Hilton Jacobs' first movie. I'm saying this because you're in Hollywood. You understand how this movie talk. <laughs> so Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, his first movie was in a movie. It's not Julia, but it was a movie with uh, James Earl Jones where he played the garbage man. And that's the reason he played that garbage man. That's, those were the roles we had back in the 70s. So, you know, Art Fletcher. That was the one where they had to hide all the stuff when the that's social what, worker when the, came. When the social worker came. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I can't remember. It's not Julia, but there was a movie. There was a TV show called Julia. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you remember the movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, the, these were real times for African-Americans and folks like Art Fletcher just kicked the door down, opened the door of opportunities for so many African-Americans who were overqualified with college degrees, but no place to go. Yeah, ended up in the, the post office and sanitation workers and things like that. Yeah, we were not, you know, even considered for department heads, but we were overqualified. So when you see someone like a Maynard Jackson um, and all these other great mayors, uh, Harold Washington in Chicago, they're not exceptions. They were always overqualified. The people around them were always overqualified. We just did not get the opportunities in the 70s and 80s. And sometimes I'm afraid we're going backwards. <laughs> we're not going to get those opportunities again, especially with this COVID and all these jobs and layoffs. You know, we, we really got to be careful and we got to honor people like Art Fletcher. And let me get to the Art Fletcher pledge. One is for, po is for political campaigns and campaign committees. Campaigns and political campaign committees will raise over $2 billion this year. In the next 50 days, they'll probably raise another $1 billion. What we're asking these campaigns to do, including the presidential campaigns, is to make sure they spend at least 10% of those funds with black firms and black banks and black businesses. 
you know, to spend a hundred million out of a billion dollars is not a great sacrifice. That's whether we're doing events, whether we're making signs, whether we're, um, we're marching or making t-shirts or whatever we can do, whatever we can do. There's a black business out there. There's a national black chamber of commerce association. If you don't know where the black businesses are, look at their website, the national black business of, of commerce. They have a list of all the black businesses in the United States. So, this is just something that if you want to do it, you can do it. But if you want to make excuses and say, I can't find any black businesses, it's because you're not looking. So now that kind of goes into what you were talking about last time with the opportunity zones yes. uh, and making sure that those are also something that uh, are being utilized by the African-American population as well. Correct. The Opportunity Zones is a great real estate investment. I think there's a part missing in the Opportunity Zone that I would like to see corrected. First of all, for the Opportunity Zone to be beneficial, you have to have someone looking for a tax break. I don't think that should be a requirement. I think you should be able to invest in the Opportunity Zone whether you need a tax break or not, and that that should not be the central focus of giving somebody a tax break to invest in the Opportunity Zones. Right now, we have historically low interest rates. We have 2% interest rates for houses, we, which means that if you're borrowing a larger sum of money, you can get even better interest rates. So what we need to do is we need these banks to give access to capital to some of these projects. We actually need to remove the requirement for the capital gains uh, break uh, for the opportunity zones and just give a straight break to anybody that invests. So I think we need to widen that tax break for the opportunity zones to work because I've seen a lot of talk about them, but I haven't seen a lot of them actually start with projects. And the reason is because if I'm a wealthy guy, I've already got my tax situation figured out. I don't need help from the government for a tax break for capital gains. I've already got that figured out with my accountant and with my lawyer. So what I like to do is, is see that law amended to give this tax break to anybody. Sometimes this is a 30-year tax break where you don't pay taxes on real estate. And with these historically low interest rates, uh, you've got the Treasury Department, my friend Mnuchin, giving 0% loans to cities and municipalities to refinance their debt right now. So the cities are getting a break, 0% on their bond financing. I can actually take my bonds that I have now in my city, uh, call the Treasury Department, get a 0% bond to replace the, the debt that I'm out, I'm, I'm using right now. So we've got a lot of tax breaks out there. We just need to make sure they get to the right people. And we got to make sure that they apply without all these extra loopholes because the capital gains is an extra loophole that you don't need for opportunity zones. So I like to see that amended. Okay. And then with those opportunity zones, are there any qualifications in there that allow for employing people in those communities? Yes. There's a tax break. There's a, there's a tax break for how many employees you bring. So all this, all this comes together, but right now it only benefits a wealthy investor, which I think is the wrong way to go. If you're not a wealthy investor, you're not getting any of these tax breaks. So what we need to do is re-amend this bill so that no matter who invests, maybe it could be someone opening a corner store that invests $150,000, give them a tax break for working every day, 12 hours a day to make sure people have food on the table. Let your legacy begin today. Drink Mongoose Water. Mongoose Water gets his name from legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore. He was called the Mongoose because of his agility and stamina. Do you have trouble staying hydrated and energized during your workouts? Does it always seem like you're thirsty? 
Try Mongoose Water. It is refreshing and rejuvenating. It has an alkaline level of 8.5 to 9.5. Train like the best, drink the best. Mongoose Water, coming soon to a store near you. Go to www.mongoosewater.com. That's www.mongoosewater.com. Okay, uh, this is George with Black Facts. I'm, I'm back with Terrence. Thank you, Terrence. Uh, Mr. Shig, you're doing a great job. Let me say this about voting. Everybody has to vote. Don't let anyone talk you out of not voting. Every vote will really count, whether you vote early, whether you vote by mail, or whether you vote in person. Don't let anyone come up with any programs. I heard there was some kind of uh, hip-hop coming up with Stay Home on Election Day campaign. Don't fall for that. Get, get your butt out there and vote. Because let me tell you, the, um, the, the country is not split 50-50. It's split 30-30-30. 30% of our voters are not registered with any party. And those are the people who are going to make the decision on who wins these elections. These elections are very, very close. I can give you example after example. In uh, Florida, the governor's race 2018 was decided by 44,000 votes for governor of a state with 10 million people. 44,000 votes decided that race. So if you stayed home and you didn't vote for governor in 2018, shame on you. So you need to get out there and vote. In, in, in uh, Georgia, the governor's race was decided again by 75,000 votes. And that's another state with 10 million people, 75,000 votes to vote, decided who was going to be your governor in a statewide race. And these, these, these elections have consequences because they can decide who's, who's going to be in the charge of Department of Motor Vehicles, who's going to be in charge of collecting your taxes, who's going to be in charge of booting your car, <laughs> if you don't have tickets. And with everything going on, talk about the importance of judges. And the importance tickets. of judges. Yeah. The judges are very important because these governors get to appoint to the state Supreme Court. So you get the wrong judges on the state Supreme Court, you're going to get some wacky laws. You're going to get some laws that will lock you up for walking down the street. And that is the importance of the local <laughs> elections because that's who controls those that's judges, who that's who controls those municipalities in some places, is the, the local judges, the sheriff's the office, the sheriff, yeah. school board offices, all those positions. Yep. I mean, I can, I can tell you a, a story where I was with uh, the governor of Florida. His name was Rick Scott. And I set up a meeting with him for, with a pastor, Pastor Manuel Sykes. On a Sunday morning, he attended Manuel Sykes Church. He was running for governor against Charlie Crisp. And Manuel Sykes asked him, he said, look, our children are getting stopped and arrested. I don't want our children getting stopped for minor offenses. I would like our children to get a desk ticket for appearance. So after Governor Scott won, one of the first things he did was change the policy in Florida where young children, when they got stopped, they weren't, they weren't treated as a criminal. They were given a ticket and told to appear later with their parents at court. They were treated like a... a they had some respect. And this was uh, just a one meeting before uh, a church service at, Re Re at uh, Reverend Manuel Sykes Church. It's, it's a New Bethel AME Church or New Bethel Church in Florida, in St. Petersburg, Florida. But that's the, that is the importance of having access to your politicians. That's the importance of having access so you can ask for things that are important. Now, that didn't affect Reverend Manuel Sykes, but it was affecting his congregation because the young people in his congregation were feeling discouraged that every time they had an interaction with a police officer, it was negative. 
And that's something else we've got to get back to. Our police departments have to get back to having positive interactions with young people, with children, with adults. Every interaction with a police officer should not be negative. And we've got to go back to our officer-friendly policing. We've got to get back to that so we can build trust in our communities. Because when you don't have trust, you have these incidents like we just had in Los Angeles, where there's no trust of police officers at the community. And now you're at war with your community. So we can actually stop the war with our communities by having positive interactions with our sheriffs, with our sheriff's deputies, where it's not always a negative interaction. So we're both a little at fault. I do pray for these police officers that they get well and they get injured. And I, I do hope that whoever did this heinous crime is arrested and, and um, is persecuted because that, that, that one incident will now put that entire community on lockdown. And, and, and the people who suffer are people that, that will be walking down the street to the corner store or driving to get to the freeway. Those are the people who are going to suffer because now you're going to have a whole community on lockdown where everybody in that community is a suspect because of one person's crime. But we both got to get back. We both got to back up and find out how do we fix our police department so that we have some positive interactions. And that's something that we need to do as a police department. Maybe we need to have a police fair where they bring the carnival to town or something. Um, we, but this is something we have to do because we cannot get rid of the police uh, because we do need some some security in our communities. We can't have prosperity. We can't have opportunity zones if we don't have security and peace in our communities because no one's going to invest. I know the importance of poll workers. Uh, if you have an establishment that you can use as a polling site, um, all of those things, volunteer your time. Make sure you volunteer your place. And they're even paying for poll workers, so yeah. you, can't, you can even say you're getting a paycheck from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poll workers, if you need a, a quick part-time job, I think poll workers are being paid $20 an hour. It's a great gig for four hours a day. You can make uh, 80 bucks. But the importance of poll workers and volunteering at the polls is, is very important. Now, there's some creative things being going on. I know that the, um, the stadium in St. Petersburg, the Dome, the St. Petersburg Dome, where the baseball team plays, is now being used as a polling station. It's very convenient. It's in the middle of the city. Perhaps a lot of these other sports arenas that aren't being used right now because there's no sports, they can, turn, they can volunteer and use their facilities as a voting precinct to make sure that everybody votes because, look, there's going to be long lines. There's going to be a lot of distance information. The more and larger voting precincts we can set up, if we can set up the Los Angeles stadiums as a voting precinct, San Diego stadiums, if we can set up our stadiums as voting precincts, uh, especially our dome facilities, that would be great. If we can set up our movie theaters as voting facilities, that would be great. It would take the pressure off a lot of these small places where you vote. Because I know a lot of schools are used as voting facilities. They use just the cafeteria for one day. And sometimes that can be crowded. And that's when you have these long lines. So I'm asking most, most of the cities and uh, the stadium owners, consider using your stadium as a voting precinct. LeBron James should get on this. Maybe this is something LeBron James can push. Well, I noticed that that is something that he was pushing and uh, Jeannie Buss was also pushing. Yeah. And then one of the things that I was saying is even some of the entertainers, the NFL stars, NBA, WNBA stars, they should volunteer as poll workers or come to these polling places to increase turnout. They have that's a name. That's a great idea. Yeah. They, that's a great idea. They're out there talking a lot of uh, what should happen, but 
having them step forward and, and come out for two or three hours as a poll worker would be great. I would love to see LeBron as a poll worker. Of course, everybody would just get a signature. <laughs> Maybe that could be a requirement. I'll give you a signature if you go vote. <laughs> Show me your little voting thing. I voted. And you'll get a signature from LeBron. Right. So right. it would be great to have these NFL players, NBA players, hockey players step up and and get out to vote. Do a, a real get out to vote, not just with your voice, but with your actions. So I'm I'm asking all you NBA players and all you NFL players to go out there and be seen in the community. Come back and and uh, shake a couple of hands, give some uh, autographs, and make someone's day. You know, take some pictures, but only after they vote. They have to vote first, yes. yes, and then get the picture. So that would be a great that would be a great thing to have. I'd like to see that happen in L.A. and other cities across Dallas, Houston, yes. Chicago. That would okay. be great. Yeah, 